0: Hi, welcome to the Prescription Podcast. On this show, we present to you up-to-date facts on medical-related topics. We are your hosts. I'm Ian, a surgeon.
1: I'm Zay Jin, a gastroenterologist. We're both practicing in Kuala Lumpur.
0: We are on an Apple and Spotify podcast. Please follow us for updates on new episodes. Today, we are on episode 14. Yeah, sorry, that is a little bit of a glitch there because um, I think if you've noticed, we did skip one episode and there's a very interesting story behind that. Partially because we kind of miscalculated, but at the same time, I contracted COVID during that same period of time. So we're going to talk about COVID today, if that wasn't obvious.
1: (laughs) Yeah, sidetracked from our usual GI series, yesterday series, but I think today, taking that opportunity, right? Probably to talk a little bit on COVID. So maybe Ian, you would like to share a little bit of experience. If you could enlighten us how we contracted, how was it diagnosed? And yeah, maybe we'll start off with that first.
0: Yeah, to be honest, I don't know how I got it. I took all the necessary precautions to stave away away COVID. Um, But somehow rather on that one fateful day, after working the whole day, feeling quite normal, when I went home, I felt a little bit off. Uh, very unusual kind of off. It was not just feeling tired, just generally didn't feel right. And of course, I did have some symptoms. I had a bit of a runny nose. And actually, to be very honest, for the past one and a half years, I've not had you know, a cold, partially because we've all been wearing masks, so we don't catch this kind of bugs anymore. So I've been actually pretty well for the past year, except for last year. I did get sick as well. I had fever. I thought I had COVID, but that turned out to be dengue. So, yeah, one disease a year. This year's COVID. Hopefully, none next year.
1: Sounds like a bucket list thing, but it's not a very nice bucket, list, yeah, right? No. Okay, well, very, very unfortunate. I mean, you know, message to send across is: us being healthcare worker, we are always very, very careful. Wearing masks, double masks, N95, whatever that we can to protect ourselves. And on top of that, sometimes we wear facial as well. So with that kind of precaution, like what you said, you can't really track back on your contact tracing on how you actually gotten it. So it is really there in the community, right? And anyone can contract it, right? Yeah,
0: I think Taking precautions are important. I have probably doubled up on my precautions now. Uh, Although a lot of people say like, hey, you know, you've got vaccine, you've caught COVID, you are probably very immune. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't want to test that theory out. (laughs) So... I have taken more precaution. Um, and I think now the good thing is we have this rapid test, which is what I exactly did, right? When I fell off, um, I did the rapid test kit, the Sliver Kit. Uh, that turned out to be positive. And hence, the f- next day I did a formal test, right? To check whether and it was, lo and behold, positive. So yeah, precaution is important. And I think now with the, the rapid test kit, everyone, if you can afford it, should have some stash to it at home because it's not so much of whether one gets sick but if whether they spread it as well so once you know that's positive you can take early precautions to quarantine yourself and stay away from people right yeah.
1: so maybe um we just want to people to know that the test is very accessible now mm. and i understand that the price has come down i was at the pharmacy the other day the price is different from it's almost half right it's less than 20 uh, ringgit per test it's, kit it's about
0: uh, 12, 13 ringgit, yeah, the last yeah. I saw. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's definitely much more affordable than when it's at the beginning stage when you're about 30 to 40 yes. ringgit per kid. I think, um, like what you said, stash away and it's very accessible. Test early. When you are not well, the slightest unwell, Um, you should test it immediately. At least that yeah. gives you a, a clue, you know, yep. to yep. your own health status, right? Yeah. Sensitivity so is quite good to, to picked up, yeah?
0: And it's a bit more comfortable. It's not a... Poke in the nose, No right?
1: poking at all, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So you just need to spit your saliva and collect it. And it's very quick. 15 minutes, yeah. right? But of course, I think there's a caveat. You always have to follow the instructions, yeah? Some of the kit actually required you to not eat anything half an hour before the test. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I think you have to really follow those instructions yep. to increase the, the sensitivity of yeah. the test kit. So each yeah. different brand, those that's approved by the KKM, has got its own instructions. Correct. So always read the leaflet before um, you do the test. And I always feel that you should read two times, three times, just to make sure that you understand it completely
0: yep.
1: and um, not to assume yeah, that every test is the same. They are all different.
0: Yeah. I tell most of the patients, I mean, if uh, you know, they're not very sure and a test comes out as negative, you know, if you can afford it, just do the quarantine 10 days. Well, if you can, right? Because yeah. it's hard to get. Well, if you can, of course, you can always go and get a PCR swap yourself if you can afford it again it's down to there's no to me one right answer because sometimes people do go cess and they don't feel like they need a swap and you're kind of left in the lurch right should i go and see people should i stay at home i I do tell people you know if you can't get a swap you can't afford it you know the least you can do is just stay away from everyone for at least 10 days because this is not National guidelines. This is unfortunately... (laughs) Personal experience. We're talking about experience. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think staying away definitely helped. Yep. Masking up definitely help. Mm. Hand hygiene definitely helped It has proven And I feel that if you continue to feel unwell You really need to walk to the nearest doctor To get a proper test done This is to protect your family You know, It's not just you yep. Yes, of course, knowing the diagnosis Confirming the diagnosis Will be able to monitor you a bit better As we know that disease progresses yep. And more importantly is for your family You need to protect them And uh, of course, you know, we have the Delta wave now Mm. and um, um, uh, the wave that's coming up probably is going to be our adolescent, our younger generations. So it has poses quite significant impact in this group of patients as well, right? I think still um, monitor diagnosing early is very important and isolation.
0: Yeah. I guess the one question that I get from relatives since I caught COVID is like, you know, one of, I mean, of course, they always ask, you know, hey, how are you? How do you think since, you know, you caught COVID? But one of the questions that always pop up is, didn't you get vaccinated? Yeah that's,
1: yeah, that's also another topic now. So, you know, we all know that this vaccine was developed in the earlier stages for the earlier strains, right? Subsequently, Delta came in. And yep. when Delta came in, the whole game just changes, right? Mm. And I think we have data now that's showing, yeah, post-Pfizer is like, Modernar vaccine, the breakthrough infection is as high as one in three, meaning that thirty percent of the people who got vaccinated yep. actually stands a risk of getting an infection. But of course, data also shows that those who get breakthrough infections has a milder manifestation, has a milder disease course. Yeah, yep. the percentage and the risk of them ending up in an ICU is way, way, way much lower than those unvaccinated I'm
0: catching the COVID. Yeah. I I do suspect that mine was probably a Delta. Of course, although I have no way of proving it because they didn't do uh, further testing. But my symptoms were not severe, but I I had a whole spectrum of uh, viral disease. Uh, Everything from body ache to a little bit of cough, definitely a cold, runny nose, sore throat. And the worst off is losing taste and smell. That's horrible. Yeah, to which until this day, I still have bits of residual i used to be very annoyed by certain scents or smells smoke perfumes i don't smell it anymore so i don't know if people have stopped around me or (laughs) or i just can't (laughs) but i i i think it's you know it's not completely healed yet because sometimes i get a whiff of it sometimes i don't Uh, but the worst was actually to me was probably uh, not being able to taste food Everything was completely tasteless. Any food that went into my mouth was just an object moving through the mouth and sawing it. So for those who, you know, really enjoy eating, it can be a torture. For me, I do enjoy eating, not to that extent. But it was just a very, very strange feeling to have both of that. Yeah, I
1: think it's very unpleasant, right? I mean, how long did it take for you to actually be able to taste food again?
0: Well, um... It's about a month now. I can taste some things, but some things I can't really tell if the food is bland or I can't taste. So it's got to that point where, you know, I, I get some of the taste. Sometimes I don't. Definitely not in the way that I used to taste. Uh, but I think what happened was on day three of my illness, I got up. That morning, which by the way I, I admitted myself to the hospital because when I checked my oxygen level it was a bit low. Uh, although when I came to the hospital it was actually just nice and they continued to monitor me. When I woke up on day three, I ate the food, I could not taste anything at all. Did so you panic? the first Well, I didn't panic. Uh, I was just thinking, was it because I just woke up and I'm eating breakfast? Or was it because hospital food is just bland? That's why everyone complains about hospital food. Uh, But, you know, I did take some medication. I couldn't taste the bitterness. So I realized by then uh, I had lost my taste. And I tried to smell some things and I couldn't smell it as well. So I knew that I had then lost both taste and smell. I think it didn't quite appear back till almost a week plus later. But even then, it's been slow to return. Yeah.
1: Yeah, then there comes the entity of, you know, whether this is the long COVID, you know, mm. and we don't know that probably up to 10%, probably more, you know, that actually experience this long COVID and I think up to six months or sometimes maybe even more, you yeah. know, to have this residual effect you yeah. know, of the symptom, which is very unusual. I and mean, we don't see it in other type of uh, infection like influenza and all that earlier yep. on.
0: The few people that I spoke to, I- I'm very thankful I don't have this, is... Or at least I don't think I have it. Is the post-COVID lethargy and breathlessness? Uh, many that got it quite badly complained that they can't quite get back to doing certain activities without getting winded or breathless, and and some of them had some discomfort as they took deep breaths in for at least the one month post-COVID. So for that, I'm I'm very thankful, not having to taste and smell. It's bad, but I really am thankful that I'm not out of breath when I do things.
1: Yeah, I think feeling breathless um gives you the sense of you feel very insecure, you know. So you can't sense of helplessness, breathe. Right? Yes, yeah. yes, the sense of helplessness, right? Yeah. So the, that's very true, you know, because now thinking back, I actually have one of my patients who had inflammatory bowel disease. So she's my chronic patient. She's able to contact me directly. She contracted COVID. Mm. For the first three months post-COVID, yeah, I get her messages almost at a weekly basis, that she's telling me she's feeling breathless, she's feeling mm. unwell, lethargy, Aww. yeah? And she keep checking her blood test. She's just so yeah. used to her disease, so she knows what tests to be done. And she even got herself a few x-rays to be done because she wow. felt so helpless. Uh? And, and the fear of not being able to Breathe, but every time I she check her oxygen level, it's always very good at 98-99. But the feeling and the sensation of breathlessness actually it just disturbs her, mm. causing a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Yep. And all her blood tests were perfectly fine. Like problem and disease is controlled very well. So just wanted to highlight that, you know, the the sense of helplessness that people can have, yeah. With the symptoms after the infection, yep. it's actually quite disturbing, and it actually affects the quality of life that you have. Yeah.
0: yeah, I don't think we're anywhere near from this whole pandemic being over.
1: I think we're trying to live with COVID. So with everything opening up now, mm. right? With e- because of the economies and 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 all that, we we are not like New Zealand and all, and we can still go on a hard lockdown. Mm. Yeah, we simply cannot afford to do that. So we have to change a perspective and from another angle and we have to learn to live with it so how to live with it is you know again you know back to vaccination complying to all your SOPs and with now all the dine-ins that's opening up it is really really important for you to judge the necessity of you having to go out. Mm. especially bringing your own children, the younger people who are not vaccinated, really, really have to think twice and thrice before you make that decision of going out.
0: Yeah. um, I mean, I don't want to sound political or anything like that, but I think the vaccination is somewhat key, not completely the most important thing. I think we've mentioned a couple of things there. But I do believe the vaccination... One, I mean, one of the more key components is to make sure that everyone that can be vaccinated gets vaccinated. I know there's lots split opinions about uh, which vaccine or to vaccinate and all, I I don't think we'll go into that. I think with whatever weapon that we can have against the virus, we should take it for now and slowly figure out what else we can do later. But I think definitely vaccination helps. I think in my case, I do believe that it is not as severe. It could have been worse if not for my vaccination. But on top of that, as we've mentioned, we're going to have to live with this COVID for, I think, quite a while some more. Uh, we just have to be prudent about the things that we do and really choose how we do it, when do we do it, and if we have to do it, really take all the necessary precautions, distancing ourselves from people as much as possible, not going to crowded areas if possible, and if we would have to, you know, make sure you mask up, face shield and just good hand hygiene.
1: Yeah, at this phase, in the current moment, our country is actually um, vaccinating the teenagers. And I have been getting a lot of questions on that. And recently as well, I've spoke to a group of high school kids Mm. initiated by the St. John's. So I think they are quite receptive in getting themselves vaccinated. Mm. So at the moment, just a few key notes there. I think the only vaccine that's available for twelve to 17 years old at the moment is Pfizer yep. and that's the only one of course we have for other vaccine like ASAC and all that the data is on the way so keep an eye on that younger age group 5 to 11 FDA hasn't approved but the data is there is saved they will probably receive at a lower dose mm. of the adult dosing So keep an eye on that data to be released and approved by FDA is under review from Pfizer. Okay. I think before the Delta era, we know that the alpha strain and all that doesn't pose much harm to the children and the teenager, right? But Delta is a complete different ballgame. And even with the new strain, you know, the Lambda. lambda, the mu and all that, they somehow do not seem to be as virulent or, you know, as infective as compared to Delta. Delta's still is the main one that's causing the problem so we really encourage vaccination for for the younger generation now for the teenager and the children of course i think another common question that's being asked is uh, side effect of uh, vaccine so i think of course the common side effects we know uh, muscle ache and the pain at the injection site mm. uh, some may even get some low grade temperature but it doesn't last uh, it's probably just the first few days of after the injection. Another side effect that's always commonly being asked is myocarditis, inflammation of the heart muscles in the younger age group and especially in male. It has been reported as well that COVID does cause this problem as well. But of course, the incidence of getting a myocarditis when you contract the COVID as compared to vaccination is way, way, way higher and more severe. Mm. yeah than in vaccination so the number the, the risk is actually very very low yeah.
0: yeah Of course you know when there's anything that's new and any kind of medication that we take we always have concerns but we always will have to outweigh the risk versus the benefits right so if the benefits are more than the risk then of course you know this is something we need to take right Of course if there are more risks than benefits, I don't think, we as healthcare personnel would like to recommend that to the patients as well, right?
1: Yeah, correct. It is a very... um, Many data, there are many evolving data. So follow what is the... Latest recommendation mm. and get the right um, info from the right channel. Yeah, um, that's very important. And always verify the source of information that you are reading from. That's yep. very very important. Yep, okay?
0: yep. A lot of info out there, not necessarily true. Yes, mm. yes.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I think I think we've shared quite a lot. Yeah. Between. Um, your personal experience and, and a, little um, bit about COVID. a little bit about COVID and a little bit about vaccination and now on the vaccination of the younger, on the teenager and the younger age group. So I think, um, I think with that, probably we will call it an end for yep. today's yep. Uh, topic and do email us at prescriptionport p-r-e-s-c-r-i-p-t-i-o-n-p-o-d at gmail.com thank you for listening in
0: hope you are well enlightened thank you very much see you next episode see you